Hello, everybody. I'm Tim Yuma, and this is LJN Radio. You've joined us for Moving Up the Ladder, a show that gives you some tips and insights into advancing in your career. And that would include understanding the important characteristics of leadership and what an employer may expect that leader to know. To talk about some of these items, we have Ryan Hanley joining the program. Ryan is the Director of Marketing for Murray Group Insurance Services. Thanks for joining LGN Radio, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, leadership, it comes up all the time. It's a topic that, of course, everyone likes to discuss and put in their two cents. But the first question we always ask our experts is, how do you define leadership? We actually connected over an article that we had written for our website. In that article, the very, there's a very technical definition that we start from, and it's like someone who elicits social influence over other people and gets mm. them to support them. I think that you know that makes sense intrinsically, but doesn't necessarily like put something in our head. Right. In our organization, kind of in real life, a leader is a person who does the work and inspires others to follow them. And, and what I mean by that is you can be a dictator and demand things of other people. Mm-hmm. So there are different ways that you can get people to take action. But I think true leadership is someone who works right alongside other people and they are inspired to follow them versus doing it because you're just handing them a paycheck. Sure. And again, we appreciate that sort of insight. And as you said, the, the real world versus what the uh, theoretical definition might be. And we're going to get into some of those characteristics. As you mentioned, there's an article, uh, and that's how we connected, basically. As far as the characteristics we're talking about, leadership characteristics, why do you feel like these are important to understand if you're going to be successful? So it's funny. In the article, there's actually 17 characteristics. Right. And, I, and this, you know, which is, which is a lot of characteristics. That's a few. And it's a few. Yeah. I don't think it's possible for anyone to embody all of the characteristics. The reason that I wrote this article is actually we were having an internal discussion around leadership and okay. what it meant for our own business. And I said, you know, I don't really have a firm grip on exactly what leadership is. So <laughs> I actually spent like, you know, a, a significant portion of time kind of scouring the internet, different you know, getting ideas. What do people think leadership is? And I think that basically inside us, we all have certain things. And if you can tap into certain aspects of leadership, like confidence, transparency, authenticity, like I said before, in doing the work yourself, like taking on the work and showing people how things are done. I think that certain combinations for certain people of these characteristics are what make them leaders versus just a boss. Right. Well, let's let's jump into some of those traits that you mentioned. As you uh, had alluded to, you had 17 of them in there, and I kind of handpicked a few based on my conversations with individuals, maybe ones that jumped out. And the first one that popped out at me is something uh, that drives my wife crazy because I tell her that it's all about confidence. Everything you do is about confidence. So being confident, though, what does that mean when you're talking about being a leadership? How does it look in that environment? Uh, what would you give to the listeners? When you're a leader, when people are looking to you to make decisions, I would have to completely agree with you to the chagrin of your wife that (laughs) if you're not confident in making those decisions, there's no way that you can expect the people who look to you to be confident in you, right? So as a leader, we want people to take what we say and have trust in in what we say and to act upon that. And if we don't have confidence in those decisions, how can we expect anyone else to have confidence in those decisions? So To me, it's number one on the list of characteristics. It's number one for a reason, and that is because I think without confidence, any combination of the other 16 characteristics just don't work. I think you have to have confidence in your decisions. And that doesn't mean being boisterous or, you know, being over the top. You know, it just means when you make a decision, this is the best course of action that you can, based on the information you have, and you believe that and you move forward. 
And you bring up a point about being sort of boisterous over the top. I think a lot of people's counter argument is that, well, I've seen too many times people are confident in their decision, but it's kind of just a mask to make sure people are following and they, and they trust this person. What would you say to those counter arguments? Then that's not really confidence. Hmm. You know, if you if you know that the person is just being loud to be loud because they think that's how a leader sounds or they think that's what they have to do to make up for the fact that they're not confident, then truly they're not confident. And people can smell that. Right. Like we've all been in a situation, if you've ever played as team sports or been involved in a group, you can smell when the person in charge isn't confident in what they're doing. And it drastically impacts the overall performance of that group of people. All right. I like it. Kind of going hand in hand with the idea of confidence, taking chances, taking risks. We hear that a lot, of course, with a leader and people in leadership positions. You know, there has to be a fall guy if it goes poorly or there has to be somebody to make that tough call. But why do you think taking those risks is such an important characteristic for a leader? Many organizations who lack leadership tend to fall into a rut, right? Mm -hmm. They find something that works okay, and they just continue to do that because it's easy, it's comfortable, and it's kind of like the evil we know. When you look at organizations, like my favorite business quote of all time is by Richard Branson, screw it, let's do it, right? (laughs) Like this guy has been infinitely successful because he said, I am completely willing to fail because every time I fail, I figured out one more thing that doesn't work for me. And if I fail 99 times and one of them works, the profit I'm going to make from that one outdoes all the 99 failures. And I'm completely okay with that. And to me, that's leadership. It's I'm going to take this on my shoulders and I'm going to try to move this organization forward. An organization that's just cruising doesn't need a leader Hmm. because we all just perform our functions on a daily basis and the organization grows two to three percent and everybody kind of survives. But leaders take the charge. They say, I'm going to throw this organization on my back. And there are decisions we're going to have to make, which are outside our normal course of function, to take that step forward. And if you're not doing that, then again, you're not a leader. You're just kind of driving the the ship. You're more of a boss. Do you see this as being maybe one of the more difficult traits to to truly get a handle on as a leader, maybe especially for ones that are sort of put into that position uh, recently? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, you think about when you are responsible for making the decisions, then you ultimately have to take the blame, right? So, you know, if you're confident in your decision, you're confident in your abilities, and you're willing to take that risk, then you know, then you also have to be okay with the fact that if this blows up, I may not be here in six months, or I may not be here tomorrow. <laughs> right. But so there's always a calculated risk. So, you know, when I'm talking to other people uh, in the business community and sitting down and we're talking about this type of stuff, it's always calculated risks, right? Like no one respects the the cowboy that just shoots from the hip and mm-hmm. isn't thinking about what they're doing. Right. Right. Like, like we'll go back to Richard Branson. When he started Virgin Galactic, like, that sounds like a crazy idea, but it wasn't just because he wanted to go to, into space as much as, like, that's what the headlines would tell you. It's because he saw a real opportunity based on this network of people that he had gotten to know, these uber-rich people who are willing to spend $175,000 to spend a couple hours in space. Right. It's a risk, sure, but it's a calculated risk based on what he sees in the business environment. I think that's a, a big difference between taking risks and taking calculated risks. Yeah, you definitely make a good point there that uh, people do think, as you, as you said, sort of gives the illustration of a cowboy, and that's not what we're talking about here. But, uh, but there are those, those chances people do have to take. Maybe on the flip side a little bit is another trait that you see as 
important. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it across other areas when you were doing some research is the idea of being consistent as a leader. Why is that important? And maybe give the listeners also an example or two of how you're able to show consistency as a leader. So I think consistency is important because it feeds into trust, hmm. right? So just like confidence where people can smell, hey, this guy is a confident guy and he's making these decisions and I'm going to assume that he's making them based on logic and reasonable uh, things that he's seen in the marketplace. Consistency is just as important from the other side of the coin. People want to trust that when you show up, you're not going to be drunk you know, or or that you're not going to show up and put one person on a pedestal and treat one person like crap, and then the next day you're going to flip it, or that right. tomorrow you're going to go just fly off into the Caribbean and you're not going to be there for a week. You know, especially when you work in small business and you like are directly impacted by the decisions of so, of a you know someone within a 20 person organization. Consistency is very important because when you can't trust that the person is going to make you know similar decisions in similar situations, then you start to question what they're doing. And that is like a dagger into a successful organization. You know, it, it all kinds of feeds into the same thing. Right. Is that, yes, risk, we want to be able to take risks, but risk can be consistent too. Like your employees or the people who, who are underneath you, who are following you, they could know that part of what makes you who you are is that on occasion you will take a risk when you see an opportunity to be successful. And that's part of consistency. So mm -hmm. sometimes not taking the risk could actually hurt you because your employees are saying, well, geez, we all see the opportunity here and he's not pulling the trigger. Why isn't he pulling the trigger? Now they start to question your judgment. So it's making decisions on a consistent basis lends trust to the people who follow you, that they know who you are and that uh, you're going to be there for them in the long term. Sure. Well, I mean, you brought up making decisions and we've mentioned that in terms of confidence and taking risks as well. So these next two trades sort of went hand in hand in, to me, a contradictory way. So I, was, I wanted to get your input as to how this works. And it's the idea of being logical and then the trait of leading with your heart. So again, on the surface, it sounds like, well, these are exact opposites. So how can you do both effectively and, and utilize those as a leader? Being logical is, is just you know, using the facts at hand, right? Like you know, our primarily business is the insurance industry. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of kind of preconceived notions or, or misnomers that revolve around this industry, both from the consumers who buy our products and from the actual people who work in the industry about the people that buy their products, right? So we could make decisions on how to market our business or new products that we want to offer based on our perceptions of what our consumers are or we could hire a company for a couple hundred dollars to go do some market research and then make a logical decision. So based on, on, on actual facts that help us make good, solid business decisions. So I think uh, it, that feeds more into consistency, okay. the, the logical part, because you're, you're not just basing everything on feelings. Right. Now, the lead from your heart is a little different. Lead from your heart is more about transparency and authenticity. Okay. So when you show up you know, and you say hello to the person who answers the phone, that person is probably the least compensated person in your business. But when you're there and you, you ask you know, him or her, you know, hey, I, I, I heard your son's having a, a birthday party. How's that going? Or you know, I, you're planning your wedding. Uh, is there anything I can do to help you? Or, or um, you know, do you need that day off from work? You know, things like that where you're showing some compassion for the people who are underneath you, who look to you for guidance, your decisions are impacting them directly. If you can interject a little bit of your personality, 
you know, and just some authentic engagement with them, that really ties into the emotional aspect of why people follow leaders. You know, a boss just walks in, sits down at their desk, turns their computer on, and starts to get through the tasks of the day. Mm -hmm. A leader's actions make people want to follow them. So when I was doing the research for this, I mean, there's this whole portion that is your decisions, taking risks, being confident, and then there's this other emotional side. It's all about transparency and authenticity and personal relationships, and it's really combining those two. So in some aspects, they seem contradictory, but really you have to have both. You have to be the good decision maker. You also have to be not a friend, but someone that people feel connected to. I think you explained it very well. As far as the the separation and where the logic comes into play versus the heart or emotions, I think that uh, I think that gives the listeners a better idea of of where you're going with those two. A couple more I just wanted to touch on before we uh, wrap things up here. Um, the idea of asking questions and this reason it's interesting to me is because I am the type mainly because of my job, obviously, that I I ask a lot of questions. And sometimes I feel like I get in trouble by doing so. But what type of questioning are you talking about? And I guess, how do you make sure that it's like a curiosity versus, you know, being skeptical of something or, or questioning it sort of in a negative light? Where do you go with these questions? The differentiation that you just brought up there is actually fantastic. So it, it does need to be a curiosity versus uh, you know, kind of picking someone apart or right. questioning their decision-making. Basically, when we talk about questioning, it's constantly questioning how we're doing business in a sense of how can we do business better, mm. right? So it, it speaks back to the status quo. Bosses sit on the status quo. Leaders push organizations forward. So when you're asking questions about, it, it can be as simple as, geez, we haven't upgraded our phone system in seven years. Are there products out there that can help my employees do a better job provide our customers with a better experience that we can purchase that makes sense for our business, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a boss shows up and says, I don't care about the phone system. <laughs> all, all I need, I have 15 tasks I have to complete today. I have to give three performance reviews and then I'm going home. A leader shows up and says, is there a way for us to streamline our communication process? Is there a new customer service application that we can add to our website that provides a better experience? Like it's constantly looking at what you're doing and seeing if things can be done better. So I think that's the the real differentiation there. And and it's what I found. That actually was another one. I, I keep going back to Richard Branson because this when I was like looking, it was like everyone keep coming back to him, right. like all the research I was reading. And this dude is just like the consummate leader. <laughs> and uh, and this is one of the things I took from him as well. Actually, three of the characteristics directly came from him. And this is one of them where he is always asking like, what can we do better? What can we do better? What can we do better? Right. And that's where all these little side projects come in. Some of his larger projects were questions that he asked in other businesses that were spurred off and turn into uh, and, t- and turn into large revenue generating corporations just by asking questions. Sure, uh, I do appreciate that because one of the things that drives me crazy, not necessarily at work, but anywhere, is just well, this is how we all this is how we always done it, and I, I don't know that just always just stuck in my craw. People saying that as as though that's that makes it okay. So so I like hearing that, and I, I enjoy questioning the process of things. The last thing that that popped up, and I guess how it falls into the characteristics, maybe it's a little different than the other ones, but the idea of not waiting to be picked out as a leader. What does this mean exactly to you, and and how do you go about yourself, go about getting yourself into a position as opposed to waiting back and you know someone maybe selecting you to be that quote unquote leader? So here is how I would frame this: is that 
Uh, and there's actually a really good book by a guy named James Altucher called Choose Yourself. Some of your listeners may have heard of it, some not, but uh, I would check this book out because it speaks to this point exactly. And it is the idea that there is no one in the world that's looking out for you that wants you to become a leader, right? Anyone who is a leader doesn't want more leaders in the world because all it does is potentially you know, push them off their little fiefdom that they have. Mm-hmm. So if you want to become a leader, you have to decide that that's what you want to become. And it could be little things like walking over to a colleague and asking them how you can help them, right? So say someone is on an equal playing field internally with you. By making yourself a resource and an asset to them and someone who proactively reaches out and says, I want to help you, how can I do that? When the time comes, that person is going to look to you, right? So this is something that we build up over time. You take projects on that when the boss asks, I need someone to do this, who will do this, you raise your hand. Now, some people will say, oh, that's brown nosing. No, that's choosing yourself. Mm -hmm. That's saying, I am going to be a leader because I'm going to do these things that other people don't want to do. And you know, you put yourself in that position by using the characteristics that we just talked about. And even if you're not a leader, becoming one in other people's eyes. And over time, you know, it's, it's kind of like that be so good they can't ignore you. Mm-hmm. You know, that you, you will be pushed up whether someone chooses you or you just, cho- you, you know, you make the, the position yourself, uh, you'll be a leader. All right. Well, I think that is good advice for our listeners out there, just understanding how that works. And I appreciate the uh, the reference to that book as well. You know, we are getting low on time, but I always uh, want to give our guests the opportunity at the end to give our listeners a takeaway from the conversation, maybe something you see as extremely important or any area you would like to emphasize in terms of leadership, um, maybe in 30 seconds, what could you give us? One of the characteristics we didn't talk about that I just want to emphasize is lead by example. Mm. And every piece of material that I came across in uh, researching this article, every single one of them emphasized lead by example. The people that do the things themselves, when you ask it of someone else, they can't deny you if they see you doing it, right? If you don't show up at 8 a.m. every day, if you walk in at 8.07, at 8.13, at 8.10, people notice that. So when you tell them they have to be there at 8, it's going to cause problems. So when you say be there at 8 o'clock every day for work, you need to be there at 7.57. That is just the absolute positive killer of leadership is to not do the things you're telling other people to do. Perfect. Perfect way to wrap things up in this conversation about leadership and some of the characteristics that we've talked about in this episode. But we will have to bring this edition of Moving Up the Ladder to a close. We do trust our conversation about leadership characteristics will serve all of you well moving forward in your career. Our guest once again has been Ryan Hanley, the Director of Marketing for Murray Group Insurance Services. Ryan, thanks again for bringing us your perspective today. Thanks so much. It's been my pleasure. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listener. If you have any thoughts on future topics for us to cover on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.